Voice Church, welcome to Church Has Left the Building Part 2. If you haven't had a chance to watch Part 1, you could catch it on the Voice Church YouTube or Facebook. Now, we want to make sure that you get connected to Voice Church, and you could fill out a connection card at voice.church. Now, before we hear a message from our pastor, let's worship.
Welcome to part two of Church Has Left the Building. If you're new to the church, we have a lot of traditions, and one of them is that for the two weeks following Christmas, we encourage everyone in the church to gather in their homes, or apartments, or condos, wherever they live, invite some friends and family over, and watch these online experiences that the team has put together for you. The holiday season is a uniquely demanding one for the staff and volunteers, and by filming these ahead of time, we can give those incredible folks some much-needed R&R before going into the new year with fresh vision and passion. So if you're watching this as we premiere it, it is the first Sunday of 2024. Happy New Year's, guys. Last week, we talked about what things we needed to leave behind in 2023 and not bring with us into this new year. If you missed that, please go back and watch that. It'll put this week in context. Last week, we talked about the fact that God is too good and life is too short to continue to drag all this stuff with you that is just gonna weigh you down from what God has called you to do. Today, I wanna look at one simple idea. What are you gonna do with fear? If you wanna do anything worthwhile, you're gonna have to be confronted with your fears. If you wanna make any sort of impact in this world, you're gonna have to face your fears. It's impossible to avoid them. If you're gonna follow God and be faithful to what he's called you to do, you will have to face into what you fear. You cannot follow God and your fear. You have to pick one. And the nation of Israel went through this very thing. See, fear paralyzed them. After God freed Israel from Egyptian captivity, I mean, remember the plagues, Charlton Heston saying, let my people go. You may be too young to remember that. But anyways, right after that, the nation of Israel beelines it to the promised land and they sent spies to scope it out ahead of time. The spies came back and said the land was amazing. They also saw how challenging it was and Israel ended up deciding to choose to be afraid. Let's hear Moses reflect on that moment years later as he's close to death. He says this, he tells the nation of Israel, but you were unwilling to go up you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. Then you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God. When the Lord heard what you had said, he was so angry and solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. So God had freed them from a superpower, no less. God had parted the Red Sea for them. He led them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night, supernatural guidance. He provided food for them in the middle of the desert, manna, remember that? Without his help, they would have died many times over. And when they finally got to the promised land, when they should have built up enough faith to trust that God was capable of anything, when they should have realized that God was for them, they had seen so much faithfulness from God. When they should have seen that God was good because he had been nothing but good to them so far, all that dissolved, why? Because of fear. They said things like, the Lord hates us and the Lord has brought us out here to die. Their fear 
skewed the character of God. You hear that? Their fear skewed the character of God. That's not what God was like. Moses referred to him like a father carrying a child, yet fear had turned him into a monster in their eyes. Moses also says that they were unwilling to go. They just planted their feet. We're not going in. Fear paralyzed them. Think about that. God had followed through on everything he said he would do. And despite their disobedience, despite their grumblings, he was faithful. He brought them to the promised land. Yet their fear wouldn't let them go one step further. So how about you? Think about the last few years. Remember COVID? How God has protected you, sustained you, guided you through unprecedented times. But for most of us, he's been faithful for a lot longer than that, hasn't he? How many times were you unfaithful, but he was patient? How many times did you go left when he told you to go right and he forgave you? How many times were you in a tough spot and God provided a way out? Think about how good God has been. But it's easy then to get to a new place, a new struggle, a new problem, and think that God's left you. See, thinking that he, he won't come through this time or somehow he's less good or less capable or less for you this time, that he may have been with you in the past, but he's not gonna be with you this time. Because the nation of Israel chose fear over faith, even though they were at the edge, the very edge of the promised land. They ended up wandering in the desert for the next 40 years before they wound up in the same spot again. Think about that. They were there. And because of their fear, they wandered for 40 years to end up in the very same spot again. Fear and a lack of faith in God caused Israel to miss out on so much time and opportunity. And it will do the very same thing for you and me. Your life, my life, in large ways and small ways, will be shaped by how you engage with fear and how you engage with faith. Like a sculptor's tools, they will hone and cut away and shape and create your story. So much of who you are and what you do or what you don't do will be informed by what you fear and what you put your faith in. Fear will keep you from experiencing new things, exciting things. It'll keep you from the promises God has for you. The Israelites were so afraid of the unknown that they found comfort in what they did know. When God first freed them from Egypt, they were overwhelmed with fear and uncertainty. It was all new because it was all new and it was scary. So much so that they actually wished that they were back in captivity, not because captivity was great, but because at least it was familiar. And now they find themselves in the same situation again. They would rather wander around on this side of the promised land after a journey in the desert literally the stuff movies are made of. They would rather get to the very edge of the promised land yet stay on this side of the river. Why? fear. And it's insane for us to think about right now, but 40 years wandering, they're right there. If we were there, we'd go, just go in. But now God's given them a new leader, Joshua. He was one of the original spies that told them that the land was flowing with milk and honey. Joshua also saw that there were dangers and challenges, but he believed that God would help them overcome. Joshua chose faith over fear. He wasn't going to miss out. But because he was one of only a couple people that believed that, he ended up wandering in the desert with Israel for the next 40 years. Can you imagine how many times did that keep Joshua up at night? He was in his prime back then, around 30 years old, ready to tackle any challenge. How many times when Joshua was just walking along with his fellow Israelites, were they complaining or wondering why God wasn't doing what they wanted him to do? And he would think to himself, really? We could be in the promised land right now. 
God said he was gonna be with us. Why didn't we believe him? Why didn't we trust him? Why did we choose fear instead of faith? What would life be like right now if we were in the promised land? 40 years he was saying that to himself. Can you imagine? This must have haunted him. How about you? What are the times that God has asked you to step out in faith, to trust him, to take a risk? And you wanted to, you wanted to trust God, but fear kept you from moving forward. Fear paralyzed you, lured you back into the comfort of the familiar. Well, maybe we just stay on this side of the river, right? So God commands the nation of Israel to move. He says this in Deuteronomy. He says, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. God was saying, look, I get it. I mean, look around. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. It's familiar. But it's not where you're called to be. And he's saying the same thing to us. Stop being paralyzed by fear. Stop pushing off opportunities because you might fail. Stop living with regret about what could have been. You stayed at this mountain long enough. Break camp and advance. God has a promised land waiting for you. He'll be with you. Of course, there'll be challenges. Of course, it'll be hard. Of course, it'll be new. But he will fight for you. But you have to move. You have to get unstuck. You have to break camp and advance. As we look at a new year, what is God asking you to do this year? What has he been whispering in your heart? Take the risk. Trust me. Make the leap. I'll be with you. Put yourself in Joshua's shoes. The deck was stacked against him. The nation had lost its founder, Moses. Big shoes to fill. Joshua had now had to follow this hero and revered leader. Israelites hadn't realized their dream in 40 years. And now in front of him stood a river during flood season and countless fortified cities with high walls on the other side of that river. Oh, and you know what? He's not 30 anymore. They've been wandering in the desert because they're fear for 40 years. So now he's around 70 years old, at least at this point. Not exactly prime age to go into battle. Seemed hopeless. Three times in three verses, God told Joshua to be strong and very courageous. Why did God have to tell him to be strong and very courageous? Because he was telling Joshua, you're not gonna feel strong against what you're going up against. You gotta decide to be strong with the Lord's help. You gotta decide to be courageous in the face of fear. You have to decide that you cannot wait for fear to go away. It's not going to go away. You need to feel the fear and decide to be courageous anyway. So then Joshua tells his people, he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Here's the thing. Joshua had no idea what God was gonna do, but he had faith that God would do the heavy lifting. He didn't have a plan. He couldn't make the floodwaters recede. He didn't have a boat. He didn't tell them to build some bridge. He had faith that if he was obedient to what the Lord was asking him to do, that God would take care of the rest and do something amazing. He believed that God would do the rest and do something amazing. And so they did. And the craziest thing happened. God said to ask the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which was symbolic of the presence of God, and then go stand in the river. You know, recently I was in NorCal uh, fly fishing with a friend of mine named Tommy. And there were times where I had to walk into the river, right? Because that's how fly fishing works. And the water wasn't flowing very fast, but I almost fell so many times. This wasn't some small river. This wasn't a small trickle. This was a major river that was deep and wide. And not only that, it was during flood season. So the water was extra deep and extra fast. And God is asking some priests to hold this large piece of furniture and stand in the water while it's raging. He didn't say, take the strongest among you. He said the priests. 
Look, as a pastor, I'll be the first to admit that pastors are not known for being the strongest guys in the room, right? We tend to spend more time in the restaurant than we do at the gym. I'm just saying. He also didn't say for how long. All he said was that the priest should stand in the Jordan River and that God would stop the water from flowing. And this is what happened. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark of the reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap in a great distance away at a town called Adam in the city of Zarathan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Miracle, right? And what it makes it sound like, it happened right away. And it both did and it didn't. This is important information for us to understand. When the priest's feet go into the water, the river stopped flowing and began to recede, but not where they were crossing, but upstream in a town called Adam. Do you know how far away Adam is? 30 miles. Do you know how fast rivers flow? I didn't. I had to Google it. Moderately fast rivers flow at three miles per hour. Super fast rivers flow upwards at seven miles per hour. Let's take the average. Let's say it's five miles per hour. When the priests step into the Jordan, the water stopped 30 miles away, but at five miles per hour, it would take six hours for them to fully realize it. What was that like? I mean, how long could you hold a big piece of furniture while standing in flood level waters before you start to question Joshua, where you start to like ask him like, hey man, how long are we gonna be here? You know, like my guess is there were a bunch of people ready to walk across after the priests. Then their legs got tired. Then they started to murmur. The kids are asking what's going on. It wouldn't be long before thousands of people are just sitting along the riverbank wondering when something is gonna happen. Meanwhile, the priests and Joshua are wondering what to do. When's God gonna help us. And they had no idea that God was already working. They just hadn't realized it yet. Sometimes we think that we make a few right choices, we're faithful to God for a short period of time, and then we wonder why we don't see big changes. Just because you don't see things happening doesn't mean things are not happening. God's at work. It just may take you a while to realize it. Our job is not to construct a miracle. Our job is to not create a timeline. Our job is not to have a plan etched in granite. So if you feel like you have to have this pressure to create those things, let yourself off the hook. We have one job, man. One job, be faithful to Christ. Whatever God asks you to do, we trust him. We push past fear, complacency, apathy, insecurity, and we take faith-filled risks to honor a God that still does miracles. Our prayer to God is simple. My challenge to you is to pray this. Pray, God, my answer is yes. Just tell me what you'd like me to do. Predecide that you're gonna trust God even if he asks you to do something that seems silly, like holding the Ark of the Covenant while standing in a river for hours. Most of the time, what God asks us to do makes complete logical sense. Like, you know, pray for your friends in need, don't hoard stuff or money. But then every once in a while, he'll ask you to do something that takes you off guard. In those moments, will you trust him? I mean, isn't that what adventure is all about? You don't know the specifics about what's gonna happen, but all you know is all Joshua knew. It's what he told his people. Prepare yourself, be faithful, for the Lord will do amazing things. So Voice Church, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to say yes to God this year. Prepare yourself to say no to fear this year. Prepare yourself because in 2024, the Lord will do amazing things. What's he gonna do? I have no idea, but I decided that I'm gonna be faithful to what God has asked me to do. Will you join me?
I believe that with all of my heart. And when we finally see the miracle come to pass, we'll be able to look back and recognize that even when we didn't notice it, long before we could see it, God was working. Happy New Year, fam. As we start another lap around the sun, prepare your hearts for the Lord to do something amazing. We're gonna see you next week in person at our normal time and place, 10.30 a.m. with an incredible guest teacher, Ed Stetzer. He's the Dean of Talbot Seminary, Editor-in-Chief of Outreach Magazine, Executive Director of Billy Graham Center, and a bunch of other things. He's had a huge impact on my life and in turn this church. You don't wanna miss kicking off 2024 with Ed and the Voice Church family. Let me pray for us as we commission this year by singing a couple more songs together. God, I thank you for a new year, fresh beginnings. God, I thank you that you're gonna give my friends courage and boldness to walk into what they're afraid of, to be faithful to what you're calling them to do. God, I pray, would you give them a new level of boldness to be faithful, a new level of courage to walk into the unknown with a faith that you are gonna be there to meet us. And together, we're gonna go on an adventure together. I can't wait to see what happens this year. It's gonna be amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together. This is my surrender. This is 
Thank you for joining us for our very first service of 2024. What a way to start off our year centered on Christ. We want to make sure that no one is walking into 2024 alone. We want to surround you with community and plug you into this church family. You can fill out a connection card at voice.church/connect. Also, at the end of every service, we take a free will offering. This is just another way to partner with God in our finances. You can give at voice.church/give. And lastly, we are back in the building next week in person and we hope to see you at 10:30 a.m. in Tustin, California. Thank you.